0: Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today on the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I'm Julie McMichael, your host. My guest today is Dr. Trudy Taylor. Trudy is a professional coach and culture change consultant. Now, she supports leaders to become more effective through improved emotional intelligence and connection with those they lead their teams, and helping them to become high-performing through trust, healthy conflict, attention to results, and accountability. And she helps organizations to align their culture to enable people to create and sustain ambitious goals. Trudy began her career as a chartered psychotherapist and is now a qualified professional coach. She's also a human factors specialist with a master's and PhD in what makes people good at what they do. But despite all the formal training and the development, she holds to the premise that there are some simple things done well that make all the difference. One of these is the commitment and practice of exceptional listening, easily described, but of course, more challenging to action. So I cannot wait to get into this conversation and topic with Trudy today. And I know, and I'm sure you will too, learn from Trudy's experiences So welcome, Trudy, to The Conversation. Trudy, I am so glad we've got this opportunity to have our conversation today. Welcome to the studio. Oh, thank you. How are you feeling?
1: Quite excited. I mean, it's it's
0: a couple of weeks since I've seen you. I know. (laughs)
1: But it's always good to see you in person. So, no, it's really exciting. Thank you.
0: Lovely. So, for those of you who don't know, that Trudy came on one of our wellness retreats a couple of weeks ago in Mallorca, which was lovely. And it's just so nice to catch up with you again in person. Thanks to you. So, we're going to have an interesting conversation, I think, (laughs) from the topic (laughs) uh, that we've agreed, which is all around how not being heard has led you to having a career where all you do is listen, plus other things as well. But how, how, I suppose how important listening is and actually how listening is showing up in all aspects of your work, career and your wider life. Mm, Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So I thought what might be quite helpful just to begin with is just to share with our listeners just a little bit about who you are and what you currently do. And then maybe we can roll back a number of years. Sure. So... um...
1: Uh, This is always a challenging question, isn't it? Who are you and what you do these days? I'm 52, there's there's a big old bag of stuff. Um, So I I suppose my my official role and and title would be on on one hand professional coach. So as you know, um, trained with you many years ago and um, work as a professional coach predominantly with leaders and executives and teams. Um, and looking to build um, connected and emotionally intelligent leaders who can focus on relationships as well as tasks um, and to lead high-performing teams. And so working with teams to become that sort of high-performance level of operating. Um, and then also uh, I have a sort of a, a background in human factors, so it lends me to more of a systems approach. So I tend to look at things in context. And for me, the predominant context is the cultural context in organisations. So that's, I suppose, my professional arm of work. I also, um, as you know, have, um, recently qualified as a coach supervisor. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy doing coaching and mentoring of other coaches coming through. So supporting them and developing their listening. Yeah. Um, that's me professionally. I think, um, hopefully I'm a bit more than that, although it is my, I know that my purpose and my love, and my joy is through work as well. Um, I'm also a mum of two brilliant kids, um, wife to an amazing husband and, um, and I guess uh, beyond that, I I have two very important themes to my life. Mm-hmm. One being a a strong um, desire to enable potential to come out of things, people, situations. I I get quite cross when it's untapped <laughs> and it's left. <lived. laughs> Yeah, I think it's fair to say. I, I manage that a bit better these days. But you know, it, it feels wasteful to me. So my 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 dislike of waste mm-hmm. and, and for that is the potential in situations, people, organisations, everything. So I see what can be. And so that drives me on a good day, drives me to support and um, enable that to become mm-hmm. better and to bring that out in people. Um, and on a bad day is probably um, means I'm never satisfied with anything and have to keep going. So, you know, knowing that is is probably really helpful um knowing which mode you're in. Yeah. And I suppose the other thing um, for me is um, I have a, a desire to make um, things that we have at our fingertips and are freely available to us matter more and, mm-hmm. and be used, again, to their full potential. Yeah. And I guess that's where conversation fits in. For me, it's a something that we all have, but it's ridiculously underutilized and undervalued. And so um, rather than going around the world and mole-whacking every mole that pops up, I think conversation and other topics like trust and psychological safety are the tunnels underneath the lawn. And if you mm-hmm. get into those, then that's where you can make real difference, which happens to Amazing. be one of my values, mm-hmm. making a difference.
0: Making a difference, lovely. Yeah. Well. So, very, very interesting. And obviously, I know a lot of the things that you do, but I've not heard it been described in that way. So, I let's... might not have
1: either. <laughs> <laughs> First time for all of us. That's cool. I like that. That was really good.
0: Uh, so, let's look then, let's rewind a little bit because mm-hmm. I know we're talking about the conversation, which includes listening. So, tell me a little bit more then around. That, that purpose around not being heard, mm. like, should we just jump straight into it? You
1: may as well, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, 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 yeah. yeah. let's not waste the potential the in the time. conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that is exactly it. So, you know, I I suppose where do I start? It, childhood was not easy. Um, as for many people, uh, lots of tricky stuff in there. Um, and one of the things that has come to light over time is as I've gone back and reflected with, Um, safe people like therapists and friends and coaches and dear loved ones who I know genuinely care for me. um, I can see that there has been a running theme of not having been heard. Uh, Not uncommon. I I hear that in my clients. um, And um, the way that it shows up is subtle. And you don't really notice it, I think, if it's always there you just feel the feeling around it, particularly Mm -hmm. as a child, when you have no means of articulating it, you have no means of imagining what it could or should be like Mm -hmm. um, to be heard. And, um, you know, in its its least unhelpful form, it's, you know, I, I don't know, maybe... Miscommunication, um, you know, I somebody didn't hear me say I needed such and such, I don't know, glass of water, it's type of tea, I'm hungry, whatever. Needs are not met in that way. I think in its worst form for me, it was I'm not safe, I'm in danger here, um and then sort of being ignored and told to just get on with it, and that can't be true. And so um you end up with I think when I'm now looking back with an adult brain yeah. seeing that long pattern of not being heard um then one of the things that I think happens is you start to see it everywhere mm-hmm. so you start to feel unheard very easily even yeah. when you maybe are being heard so that's one of the challenges yeah. becomes your to, mindset to know, yeah yeah your expectations so you're carrying old stuff into new situations and making it amplifying it I suppose um I think the, the feelings that come up with not being heard um, are, well, let's, let's start with the thoughts. The thoughts are no point, okay. no no point saying anything. Right. From then on, you could go to, well, if there's no point, then it, you know, it probably doesn't matter. Mm. The next step for a child or a, a developing young adult is, well, therefore, I don't matter. Yeah. Well, then you're then back to, so I needn't say anything. I think the other way it manifests itself, and it certainly did with me, was I just got louder, more aggressive. If you won't hear me, I'll shout. Mm. I won't be um, subtle about things. I will just get more aggressive, um, and in the the, the terms of my parents, more difficult, um, more challenging, my frustration around I have a sense that we could sort this out with a decent conversation, but I'm too young to have that skill set, and I don't yeah. know any of that yet, yeah with them not having that either. So there's no blame on it. It's just an it's observation. That's how it was. Yeah. Um then that was my first clue into hello. there's something missing here. What could this be? It feels like if we could just talk candidly mm. and kindly and clearly then we would move to a place of better understanding and then be able to resolve, acknowledge, all those things that we now know as coaches are yeah. really incredible ways to move conversations forward. So I think those early observations, um, I think the, the thoughts that come through, I don't matter, the behaviors that go from there, I'll, I'll either get quiet and withdraw, not speak. I've seen people who will literally start to say something and then pull their words back into them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could see the, the physicality of it. Yeah. Um, and, and then you get to them to try and say it again and they can't. And, and so it's, I think that's, you know, sometimes what happens that, and certainly has happened to me in the past. Um, and so behaviorally, you see those shifts in behaviors, feelings, anywhere from sadness, despair, betrayal, yeah. um, depression, <laughs> Self-doubt, self-worth, you know, all those yeah. big things that we we deal with mm-hmm. um, as coaches and therapists have to yeah. deal with, I think can stem from something which seems as small as not being heard. But it really is at the crux of who we are. If we can't be heard or seen, then absolutely. what are we? Who are no, we?
0: Absolutely. Mm. And it's interesting um, because you have gone into a careers where... Yeah. <laughs> you sit and listen and allow other people to be heard, which is really interesting. Or maybe that's not so coincidental <laughs> at all. Um, but what struck me there around what you're saying is 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 that awareness. And I'm wondering, I know in hindsight, mm. you know, as an adult, I like said, with your adult brain um, and your fully formed kind of adult development process <laughs> that we all go through, it, it's easier then to recognise that. But I'm wondering around... If I dare say, this little Trudy. Yes, (laughs) she's (laughs) (laughs) a little girl. You know how how did you know that you wasn't being heard?
1: Um, Well, yeah, it took me a while, and through you know some pretty grim diagnoses of me, um, and some fairly, I think inappropriate treatment programs of my, you know, she's yeah. just a bit difficult, Right. she gets depressed, she's sad, mm-hmm. postnatal mm-hmm. depression, anxiety, meds, the lot. And then um, I was spotted by an incredible woman who I don't have any contact with now um, called Vicki. And she worked for an organization that was doing uh, called Achieve Breakthrough. Mm-hmm. They're in Bath and they do um, big change work around cultural change and it's all about you know seeing the sense of possibility and and I'd gone along um, as a potential um, customer of theirs to use their process (laughs) excuse me in the company I was working in and um, I went in all because one of the things that happens when you're not heard and it can be mistook for arrogance is you become very right about everything yeah it's Mm -hmm. very black and white because there is no grey because grey means doubt doubt means scary Mm -hmm. So I become very right, and, and if I'm right, then people will listen, right? <laughs> so that's so. Um and I had to really confront that as I worked out that I wasn't the expert in the room and I didn't already know this, and I wasn't coming to test them out to see if they were good enough for my company. Actually, I was there to shift my own stuff. And she spotted I was on the on the, the back end of a really tricky time with my ex-husband, um, like days before. Mm-hmm. And she spotted that I was in strife and she came over. She said, I see you and me, me and you. Mm -hmm. Um, You might want to talk to this person. She handed me a name. The name was um, Deborah Smith, um, a psychotherapist, Buddhist practitioner, mindfulness coach, positive psychologist, um, an incredible woman. Um, And I just started speaking to her. And that was 12 years ago. Right. Right. And she said, she brought little Trudy into the frame. She said, how are you going to start speaking? How are you going to start hearing her? And she got me to write a therapeutic letter to my parents. And when I wrote the letter, I wrote, why does it feel like I'm screaming my head off and everyone's walking around with ear defenders on? Wow. And so it was that visual thing. And so for me, I'm when I can't articulate, Images come to mind, and the images are the things that help me mm. see where I've been and make sense to me. And then, what I need to do is just share that with somebody. So I shared it with her. She's still by my side. Mm. She's still helping me through all of this. Um, so, like with many people's stories, yeah, the, sa- the one safe person comes along and says, "Now you can just be."
0: Yeah. yeah. At the right time.
1: At the right time. When yeah. you're ready. When you're ready. <laughs> and there've been several ready points along the way, and yeah. she's often there going. I was wondering when this would arrive (laughs) or I've been waiting and I feel like some days I'm just going to visit Yoda.
0: (laughs) But I think, I mean, that was very powerful actually. It brought um, a kind of proof to to, to my eyes there, but that sense of, yeah, having people think or feeling that people are walking around with um, ear defenders on. Yeah. Um, And actually, that takes quite a lot of courage, I think, right? To acknowledge that.
1: Yes, yes. Um... And, and I can acknowledge that, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so one of my superpowers is um, I've realized now this stage of my life, I can quite confidently say, is in an inordinate amount of courage. I have courage by the bucket load, and now I recognize that in its place to tackle that kind of work. And I think it gives me empathy for people who are having to... Yeah peel back stuff mm-hmm. whereas before I just charged through and you know revealed 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 I'll peel back and go have a look see what's here yep. get cross because they couldn't move on mm-hmm. now there is much more empathy with actually this is really tough and you do need a safe place and we need to do it at your pace yeah and when the courage comes it will come yeah um, and that's part of the work that I do even with leaders you know mm-hmm. they come across as all tough and yeah, of course brave and yeah. mighty and successful and then yeah. ultimately there's an all vulnerable person inside isn't it
0: but we all have that don't we we all yeah. have that kind of that younger version of ourselves that's most probably crying out for yeah. something that perhaps we've not had met a need not being met perhaps from when we were younger and everybody's experiences are very very different but yeah. i suppose it's interesting how that then shows up and manifests in different ways yeah. so for you then would it be okay just to kind of look at how that showed up because you said there was misunderstood there was you know there was anger mm. but obviously you know it's only 12 years ago that you've kind of got you started to work on this point mm. and although 12 years is a long time you've also been carrying that though for more years than you've been dealing with it or processing it mm-hmm. right so I'm wondering how in those earlier years how did that Start showing up for you as a human being, as a person in your relationships with your relationship mm. with yourself.
1: Good point. So, I, I know we talk a lot about and, and you have on previous series about you know trust. Yeah, and I think, um, again, no coincidence that along with conversation and listening, my other big piece is trust and trust in organizations and teams and leaders. Yep. But fundamentally, um, all the research would suggest it starts with trust in ourselves, so you cannot trust externally as well as you could do were you to trust yourself and um so when you're not heard the self-doubt is rife just yeah absolutely i i couldn't have told you how to trust how i could trust yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah years ago i was um and so i would again for me i would become very opinionated very um I'd hold on to any degree of certainty right. which which made things worse because then then my parents would come back and say well the trouble with you is and there was always the start of the sentence which is you're so black and white right. we can't speak to you you're so black and white um you know, and i think there was a definitely an element of truth in that i was clinging to knowing mm-hmm. and needing to know even when i didn't <laughs> and um and so I guess that um meant there was no room for curiosity, for questions, for exploration. There was no room for failure. There was no room for fundamentally love.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Self love. Love in general. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um that that was a fairly that's become very evident recently as that has slipped away and now I can feel and do feel love for self and others. Yeah. Um, but having grown up with a sense of, you know, just, I just have to cling on to the sides um, because I don't know what's in the middle. It's too scary. Yeah.
0: Mm. That's again, quite, quite powerful when you say yeah. those words actually. And you're right. I mean, I'm sure there are other people who are experiencing those things. And like you said, you work with leaders. So, so, when did the decision come for you? Or when did you really think, you know, I really want to get on top of this? <laughs> if I can ask that question. Because because obviously, you know, mm. I understand the self-doubt, self-worth for me, all of those things, different scenario, different circumstances. Mm. But there does come that tipping point. Mm. At, well, for me, there was a tipping point, which was the biggest kick up the backside, yeah. as you know, um, <laughs> that could have ever happened to me at the time. So I'm kind of wondering about your tipping point. When was that moment when you said, okay, right? Do
1: you know, and I don't attention. know if there was one, I think there were multiple okay. teetering points. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I was getting more and more, you know, and yeah. um, so, so but the tipping point probably was about a year and a half ago. Okay. So I've been teetering for a while. Yeah. <laughs> which is why you can imagine Deborah when I said right I'm ready to talk about what really matters here she yeah. went okay it's only taken you 10 years yeah. <laughs> um so you know there were lots of moments one when I when I decided to have a child mm-hmm. so I was 35 and I was 36 or seven when I had Camille um and um you know how can I have a child if I'm so broken Right. What if I pass the brokenness on to her? What if it's me that's fundamentally broken? What happens if I end up being this awful mother? Um, I remember having the conversation with the, my GP, then with a the health visitor, and they were like, "Just don't be ridiculous." Yeah. And um, but of course, that's not enough. Yeah. That's yeah. not enough. So um, so that's when I started doing some work around. You know, I need to be more stable I need to be more open I need to be more loving if I'm going to bring someone else into the world um and well actually roll back from there I I I went to have so there was a child before Camille who I lost um Jocelyn and um then I decided I wouldn't have one like that's it i can't i can't do this um it was too traumatic and um there's obviously a sign yeah i can't even do this bit the usual um and and then, then i was like oh oh and i'm pregnant again <laughs> so, so camille wasn't having any no for an answer she was yeah. she, she was yeah. making her way to me yeah. mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned um she's yeah, like all children there to teach us and they will that's be absolutely. our greatest lesson yeah. mm-hmm. um and i'm hugely grateful for that because she's pretty incredible so um so that those moments were um, then, I, I guess, uh, you know, various other opportunities where I just before I went to the session with the chief Breakthrough, um, my husband and I started to have cracks in our relationship. And um, as far as I'm concerned, he hugely betrayed me. And so I just thought, actually, we need to sort this out. He didn't go along with me to see Deborah, I chose to go. And I thought, here I am fixing Broken Trudy again. Oh, well, may as well get on with it while I'm here. Yeah. Um, I want more for me mm. and my daughter. And so that's when I made the move to um, that relationship ended. And um, so each of those moments, I think, kind of nudged really me, yeah, that. yeah. Each time I came to a critical point of, this is not who I am or what I want. So I'd say, whilst there are you know big moments for people, I think, the well, theme. I would
0: say that those are two big moments. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, because separating from mm. a husband yeah. with a child mm. and having a child are kind of pretty two big life ticket items.
1: Yeah, I guess so. To experience.
0: <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, and 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 I think um, I think I do just take those things in my stride to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the word described about me in those moments is bold. Yeah. Um, so there is. So there was a voice in me that was very clear mm. and was trying to get out. And I think yeah. that's what nudged those along, yeah. is those moments were the true me, kind of going, through, okay, yeah. I'm here a bit more, I'm here a bit more. Couldn't have broken through in one big go because yeah. that would have been too too much yeah. Yeah, of yeah. Yeah. an injury, I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so then a year and a half ago, so mm. that obviously you've had those nudges. So then you decide a year and a half ago, right, okay. Mm. What's going through the mind at that point?
1: So I'm I'm trending along, happy um in my life, um, just coming out of COVID. Thought, you know, I've got some time, I'll train and be a supervisor. I've always wanted to supervise. I love supervision in all other jobs. (laughs) Um and um well of course you're you're grinning and laughing because I suspect you know that the the work of becoming a supervisor as a coach after a year and a half is as much about you as it is about learning the craft. in fact, fact, they say you're already a supervisor. Now you just need to know that you are. And that'll take a year and a half. (laughs) So there we were in the middle of the thick of it, Um, having to supervise people. And I was gifted a pretty incredible supervisee who told me her story of childhood trauma um, and um, very bravely for the first time. So I immediately took that to supervision because as a good uh, supervisor should, um, which is, you know, which area am I in contractually, boundary wise? Mm -hmm. Are we looking at something beyond supervision and coaching, checking in, being very ethical? Um, And then I thought, hang on a minute, something else is going on here. Um, And again, found amazing um, supervisor, but also a friend who's a trauma psychologist, um, very brilliant um, psychologist and now coaching, um, who I spoke to on the side and she and I just said, you know what, Ash, the reason I think this is really bothering me now is because it's so close to what's true for me. Mm. And that was the first time I'd spoken about the fact that I'd experienced um, some pretty unpleasant things as a child and um, I hadn't even been able to say it, yeah. to myself mm-hmm. even out loud and so that's when i thought right deborah here i come <laughs> if you're
0: ready this is a, it's all coming out yeah now, i yeah. said it's
1: now yeah. or never yeah. we you know we yeah. can't we can't keep skirting around the edges this is time and and it was a gentle process um but it was a very deliberate one
0: but i think sometimes um our clients are brought to us sometimes to hold that mirror up mm. <laughs> um, i've always I thought that's been very interesting for me but it sounds like you know we, we we all kind of experience that as coaches at some point or supervisors um where mm-hmm. we we have a client that is actually the the key
1: yeah oh yeah so the i mean the beautiful lesson um and i absolutely love supervision and and being a supervisor because it has added another dimension to my coaching practice yeah in that you are genuinely partnering so therefore you are willing to except that you are both a student and teacher and same same so time. is your client. Yes, absolutely. And so therefore you're waiting to be taught by them as much as you share yeah. what you can bring with them. And so it's a, an amazing leveler yeah. in that way.
0: But can also sometimes take you by surprise. Yes. I, <laughs> I would imagine. Um,
1: yeah, what's well, this? Know, yeah,
0: what's going on here? <laughs> Hold your breath, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you acknowledge that, and I think this is a really, I don't know, I think it's quite important in life to to have these moments where you do genuinely Hear yourself mm. and listen at that deeper level to yourself, and so after it, kind of you acknowledged it. Ha- how did it feel for you? I mean, was it a relief or what? What was it? What was it? No, like? It was a bit
1: weird, actually. Yeah. It was a bit unreal. Mm-hmm. um And it took a while. um fact, I was speaking to two to my two best friends last week, um and they know about this, and I'm, I'm fairly open about it now, as much as I'm comfortable with. Yeah, of course. Um, but um one of the things that deborah got me to do because because one of the things you do and this is again around your voice and listening to yourself is you minimize of course you do you minimize everything about so you know so i've just done that you know there's not very big life events and you're going actually they sound quite big (laughs) you know so you do you do quite a bit of that and because uh, you don't want to be too difficult too big too awkward or you don't want things to overwhelm you and um and because of course you don't matter and they don't matter so coming to terms with they were significant things Mm -hmm. um because you normalize and again you know when you you hear other um survivors of trauma and um that you you say it's not their fault um you know all sorts of it's this was going on and i and i was very and i'm very good at taking other perspectives which is part of again and a great talent in that in that coaching space and consultancy space but actually sometimes you can go too far on the other side and not hear you yes. and so I was constantly being told that perspective and I was taking it and so therefore and, and I was also hearing it from outside mm-hmm. you know you had a good life look at your parents aren't they great aren't they fun isn't this brilliant and they are don't get me wrong amazing people and yeah. they have done lots of fabulous things it was just this aspect of our lives mm-hmm. where they just needed to step it up a notch and listen to their child and take action. And yeah. and um and so I think I was still seeing it through the lens of that dismissal, minimising. I and mean, she did a very clever thing. She said, I'd like you to write yourself up as a case study. No. Yeah. So I'm a, You know, ex-physio, I'm a clinician. You can do that. I can do that. I'm also a qualitative researcher. I can take big stories and complex messes and turn them into very succinct pieces. And I looked at it and I went, yeah, 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 whatever. Wrote it out. And then she said, now I'd like you to read it back to me and present
0: yourself. What an exercise. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I go be I go <laughs> be I was going to say, I got my my tummy went off funny. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh my god, I don't know where I would even start with that, but that's yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so it, there it was on the page, and I sort of started very my usual yeah. Um, detachment. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and and so you know, case study T. She yes. does this, this, and mm-hmm. she's experienced that, and this is her behaviour set, and this is the and this is what's said to her, and this is how she's described, and oh this is gosh. what's happened. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And and then I just had a moment of stopping and she said, listen to the words. If somebody was speaking to your daughter like that, what would you think? Can you not see it for what it is? And I was there going, I'm trying, I'm trying, no, I can't, no, it's fine, it's fine, oh, oh. And and that was the moment where I just saw it for its what it was its, yeah sad state of affairs, unkind, cruel. No child, and you know, that's when I saw little Trudy properly yeah. and thought you should not have had to put up with that. Yeah, you should not have heard that. You should not have been exposed to that. You should not have been had that done to you. Who does that to a child? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah. That's That's where you get to, and, and that's, I think, has been the biggest turning point for me, because only then can I start to think
0: this wasn't okay. Yeah. Mm. and it, and it takes a while to get to that point mm. where you recognize it's not okay, yeah, and actually then own it.
1: And that's true listening.
0: yeah, because <laughs> it's all right saying it, isn't it? But again, cognitively, we can all say things, but the reality is it's actually again, if you don't embody it, you don't feel yeah. it, you don't deeply. Know it. it and hear it, and really mm-hmm. truly, because it's like you can listen, but we don't hear, and yeah. I think the hearing piece is the most important is really acknowledging it mm. so so I'm assuming that people might be listening to this because what's coming up I don't know I'm making assumptions, but for me, what's coming up is then well how do you then manage any anger <laughs> because you've just beautifully described your parents mm. and da 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 but actually there is an acknowledgement like most probably lots of us had in our livelihood and our ch- childhood that you know our lives that that at some point maybe our parents didn't do the best job and for whatever reason so so how do you as an adult help yourself navigate through that mm. without holding on to anger bitterness bitterness you know all of that those nasty mm. emotions that come up potentially and maybe I shouldn't call them nasty because they're real emotions. But what we don't want to, want—I'm assuming what you're doing—is carrying that with you as you move forward. Absolutely. Is that, per, is that Yeah, per? yeah.
1: And anger was the overriding emotion yeah. for me um, that I carried and I couldn't couldn't place it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the best thing for me is I now had a place for it, mm. and so I could attribute it without trying to be too cognitive and sense making around this. But it kind of had its own place, yeah. which wasn't in me anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was the freedom that that exercise finally gave me. And I couldn't have told you it was gonna go there. (laughs) But it just it just I wish I had a better instruction manual. Yeah. A set of instructions on how to get there, other than in that moment it left me.
0: But maybe that's all it needs to be. Yeah. Maybe we don't need an instruction manual. (laughs) No. Because that would make it too cognitive and not embodied and lived, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is the first time I'm hearing this information, so I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where I'm like going it. or what we're doing with this. But anyway, it's really. But thank you, because I feel I feel very honoured actually that you're sharing this, and our listeners are going to feel and know exactly the same. So, some great learning. Yeah, yeah. And I know you're still on your journey.
1: <laughs> Indeed, are we all <laughs> doing, forever?
0: Yes, yes, we will be for the rest of our lives. So, I suppose what what are you doing with all that information now, and oh, where wow. is it taking you?
1: Um, so. Um... I think uh, second wind, I think is, is what it's calling. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, 52 and, um, who knew the fifties were so great? Aren't they just?
0: <laughs> are these I people think
1: of the 30s I and 40s are tell great. Everyone, it's like, it's awesome. This side, honestly, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does make a difference, by the way. Yeah. I know people, people think maybe we've been a bit frivolous about it, but actually it's yeah. very true.
1: No, it is. It's, it's really, um, there's been a real kind of, shedding of things allowing other things to come to the front and so um so on so many levels I think in de- personally I can now really be myself okay. I know exciting isn't it because because finally I've worked out who that is in amongst all that you know it's yeah. so i think it's. you know when there's an earthquake mm-hmm. and there's a little voice at the bottom of all the rubble that's what I that's what I was and it just you can't hear that you know you need sonar equipment that's that's the debris of the world <laughs> and um and i i feel like the rubble has been taken away and so that that's been allowed to sort of be heard come out seen the light start to grow and um and there's not to say this you know this hasn't taken a long time and little things have happened along the way it not one sort of as i said not one big moment but it suddenly sort of lands in you in a moment where you think, aha, okay, this is what balanced and okay feels like. This is what wisdom feels like, being in your own body. Yeah. And maybe you have to have a 50-year-old body that you don't need to look like a 20-year-old body to feel that body's okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think you do, maybe. It all kind of maybe. comes <laughs> along with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for that. Um And so so to tie back to the, sort of the introduction, I suppose the the piece for me now is that I look back at my career and this has always been calling me. Mm -hmm. There's been a little breadcrumb trail from, I don't know, the age of 12 when someone sat next to me at school saying, my mum and I don't get on. And I thought, oh, you're the really scary, cool girl. I don't know if I can even talk to you. And then thought, I know, I'll just listen. Mm -hmm. And I think not, maybe through deliberate listening, but more through, I can't speak because you're too scary. She was like, really, you know, if you're the, the, the sort of slightly swatty girl and yeah. uh, she was super cool. Um, and she came back the next day and said, you know, that conversation we had yesterday, well, you know, it's really interesting how my mum feels. And already we're starting to speak better. And, and, and so the hints, the clues were always there. Um, and so I'm, I'm pulling on all of that. I'm looking back and saying, it's always been, pulling me towards learning to listen, the importance of listening as a really intrinsic part of dialogue, which is the the bit that I really love and the dialogue that was missing for me. I can now bring that into my life and I can have those robust, candid kind conversations that lead to big changes and make a difference in myself, one-to-one with teams. Yeah. Um, with organizations i listen to organizations i do work that is organizational listening because that is the piece that we seem to forget that is missing Mm -hmm. um and helping others to learn to do that not just well or actively but exceptionally
0: yeah
1: because i think if you want to then why not why not have a place to come and be an exceptional learn to be an exceptional listener
0: I would absolutely agree. Mm. But what's like the question that's like bubbling is (laughs) is kind of like, do you feel now that you listen more deeply because you've acknowledged yourself in the way that you have? So you are better at your job, Mm. better at your life, the conversations, the dialogues, all of those things, because you've actually unlocked something within you.
1: Yes, yes, something that was brewing that I think is a bit of a natural gift yeah and and but you know, pretty much every day I probably listen not so well to self to to everything right. at least, I don't know, once an hour. <laughs> so by no means um on the road there in terms of you know, complete and 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 you never will be, but also just. I think to reassure people that there's no judgment around how good a listener you are. And I think that can become one of those things. Yeah. Um, my husband frequently tells me for a coach, you're a pretty bad listener. I was like, that's because I I'm, in, want- I'm in full emotional <laughs> stroke and I don't actually want to hear what you have to say right now because yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, And I'd just like to introduce you to my belligerent child. She's very much in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yes, Um, Because it brings the assurance, the calm, the centeredness that you need Mm -hmm. to be able to really hear someone. And I think when you are wrestling with all your internal dialogue and all the other stuff behind you um, and all the anger and your own feelings, you can't separate those out. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of what we do definitely as coaches is to listen to more than the words and and the feelings that come up and the sensations and so it's enabled me to do far more of that yeah Yeah. and be in my own body to do that which is you know we know we can listen to our ears and our brain but actually that piece around sensing and we know that that's a really important scientific piece of work that's being done in terms of how we hear things early with our bodies
0: so what advice then some of those golden nuggets, because you've obviously done a lot of learning about your own journey, Mm -hmm. but you're also done a lot of learning with the work that you do and the clients Mm -hmm. that you're working with. So so what are those key, the key ingredients that you think for those that are listening, who are maybe struggling with some of their own things at the moment, what advice would you give them?
1: You can't affect your outer game without affecting your inner game. So your outer world, inner world, Yeah. 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 So pay attention to it and if you can, Whatever little bit of courage you have or vast amounts, if you're feeling bold and brave, find a safe place to work with that. Mm. And it might be with yourself, it might be with a friend, it might be with a professional. You might need to find somewhere that can hold the space for you to find some honesty in your own conversation with you first and to really listen into you. See what's there that might be getting in the way of you listening to others.
0: I would absolutely... I mean, I don't think I've got anything else to say to that, really, <laughs> to be
1: honest. Um, it's, a, it's only a small thing you have to do. Yeah, do get help. <laughs>
0: but but just just on that final point before we start drawing our conversation to a close is, you know, I've always been an advocate that to be a phenomenal leader, a phenomenal coach, whatever, you have to do that inner work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not prepared to look at what's going on inside, how can you really show up fully on the outside? Okay. And it feels that this is definitely where your journey's taken you and mm-hmm. is gonna most probably continue to take you like mine has and will continue to do it. And I know that the work is not finished. And I think that's one thing just to remind people is that it is a lifelong journey, mm-hmm. one that you'll always need to evolve and keep addressing. Um, but I'm gonna ask you, what do you feel <laughs> most proud of yourself for? Oh, wow, okay. did on purpose, didn't you? <laughs> this You know, I'd not thought about that question. It just popped up. But I just think it feels really Mm. fitting because I think it's, I don't know, I'd like to think it'd be a good reminder for people that actually on the other side of this Mm. is some great reward.
1: I feel proud that I've acknowledged the first half century of my life for what it is. And now I can absolutely grab every bit of potential of the next bit
0: which is what you started the conversation. always, yeah. So now I can be <laughs> to true. To maximise everything. It, it can
1: be true yeah. to, you know, I, I can die a happy girl. <laughs> if I do that, that's, that's, my, that's the way I want to live.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, your intimate journey as well. I'm really grateful Mm -hmm. for that. So before we finish, though, where can people get hold of you? Because I know I'm sure people will be really interested to have look for supervision or coaching or whatever it might be. So how can we get hold of you?
1: Um, So I have two businesses at the moment. Um, Look at you. (laughs) I know, (laughs) gathering them. Uh, um, TrudyTaylor.co.uk, which is my uh, primary sort of Uh, coaching coach Mm -hmm. supervision team coaching um and then obviously that leads into and lends itself to islandb.co.uk which is the consultancy arm of what i do which is far more around um leadership high performing teams and culture change but of course at the heart of it is coaching and trust and listening and conversations
0: amazing well thank you Mm, Pleasure. very much for today thank you (laughs)